hey, welcome to episode seven of the One Life Church podcast. It's going to be a pretty fun day today. We're going to hang out with uh, two of our friends, and right next to me, first of all, is our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. Hi, Brett. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> two of our friends and yeah. Brett. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I introduce most people. Appreciate yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then to his right is the executive director of Uncharted International, Ben Stewart. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Thanks and for having me. Yeah. And then at the opposite of the table, we have the communications director from Uncharted International, Noah Gray. Hi. Yeah. And then, Ben, I was going to have you kind of start with just kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and, yeah, a little bit about Uncharted as well. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, Ben Stewart and um, moved here from Colorado about two and a half years ago with my family. So, married to Kathy. We've been married for over 17 years now. We have two great kiddos. Eli's 14, Olivia's 12. And um, what what brought us here was the opportunity with Uncharted. So I came as and continued to fill the role of executive director for Uncharted International. And um, it's been a really great, challenging, wonderful, rewarding um, uh, just journey since coming here of really uh, taking on what is what is Uncharted? Who are we? What are we about? What's our focus? What's our vision? What's our culture? And um, there's been a lot of exciting changes and, and new opportunities, as well as digging deeper with uh, key things of who Uncharted's been in the past. And I'm um, happy to unpack that a little bit more, but it's been fun to grow the team, including bringing on this guy, Noah. Yeah. So. And Noah, I mean, you've, you've been around One Life for a while. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Um, kind of known who Uncharted is and being able to now work with Uncharted directly, like what's that experience been like? Kind of tell us a little bit about what you do at Uncharted. Yeah, I um so I'm the communications director. I'm the analog of you at yeah. Uncharted. Yeah. Um yeah, so I do I deal with kind of anything going out externally and even internally when it, when it comes to Uncharted communications. I um um, do print material, do website, email, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I've been on staff since August, been around One Life since 2012 or so. Can't worship leader at East. Worship leader at East. Yeah, Some started out as a sound that. guy and yeah. now I'm a, now I'm a worship leader. Right. And next step is pastor. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if pa- only, right? Hang on, <laughs> hang on. It, yeah, it, <laughs> we, Ben knows me too well. Okay, it was. I think <laughs> pastoring was number four on my spiritual gift survey. Wow. Oh, was that so right? I need to take it again. Oh, okay. I think yeah, that's wrong. Do, yeah, that's right. Um, and I mean, even some of our projects, some of our films that we've we've created at One Life. I know Noah's been a part of those multiple times <laughs> holding the, a big boom mic kind of yeah. over people as they're talking. So yeah, he was always our expert audio person coming <laughs> in. So I'm super nervous to have him here while I'm trying to mix a podcast it all today great. as well. Thanks. Yeah, sounds good. I was hoping you'd just say that and then let's we'll move on. A little bit of confidence and then we can move on. So, yeah. 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 And then Brett, obviously, I mean, you, you know, kind of the, how Uncharted is kind of like a lot about Uncharted as well. Can you kind of give your background with Uncharted as well? Uh, my background with Uncharted was it started at our the church that we were at prior to One Life, and uh, it was originally founded by myself and uh, a few others that uh, it, we wanted to 
give the local church a way to do global missions because I developed the conviction through, I was teaching through the book of Acts and believe that all local churches, this is my personal conviction, I think I can back up a lot, uh, should be engaged in global mission in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and, and so we said we're going to do that, and our thing was to reach least-reached countries of the world. And, uh, and so Uncharted, that's really fundamental to its task. It's always mm-hmm. gone into places like Afghanistan and Myanmar and places like that that, uh, that are unreached and focused on that. And so that's where, that's where it all began, and we've just kind of journeyed from there. Yeah, and and for people that don't know anything about Uncharted, where can they find out more? UnchartedInternational.org. Yeah. Um, you can go to our Instagram, um, Facebook, the lobby of any One Life campus. There should be some stuff out. Yeah, we have three campuses. We do have three, right, three campuses and, and lots three of lobbies. Uh, you three know, lobbies. And there's a lot of wear, like the hat. Yeah, and all yep, that kind yep. of stuff. I mean, Swag, t-shirts, cool hats, yeah, t-shirts, yeah, that's right. <laughs> sweaters. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't like great. Uncharted, their stuff yeah. looks pretty good. That's like yeah. the one with the flag. <laughs> yeah, you know, it doesn't actually say I mean, it. So it you when it says "Go boldly," to, too, you know, yeah. it just people are like, "What does that mean?" So, yeah, the "Go boldly" thing. Yeah, it's got its own little branding. Feel a little bit more courageous when you put that on. Absolutely. So go boldly. That that's something in the last. Year, year and a half? Uh-huh, yeah. So mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago, almost two full years now, we did a big rebrand that actually represented not just, you know, a different logo and a different in a different tagline, though it included that, but really just clarifying what is our vision and who are we as an organization. And like Brett said, I mean the key really is in the name, this idea of uncharted, sort of the unknown places and um, focusing on people who some of the language we like to use, including unreached, is really just the forgotten and the overlooked. And the reality is uh, there's still billions of people who do not have access to the gospel. And so um, we talk about there's, there's like two key problems that we are trying to address. One is the greatest human injustice of all, which is the lack of access to the gospel. And so um, we're trying to respond to that injustice by helping in small ways uh, bring the gospel access to people groups who are overlooked, who are unreached, who are forgotten. And then the other, uh, the other problem, if you will, is the imbalance of the mission work and the mission focus and the mission resources from the Western church to reaching unreached. And there's there's stats or realities like uh, less than half a cent of every dollar spent on mission goes towards reaching unreached people. Uh, another way of saying it less is less than half a cent. Less than half so a cent. Mm. Yeah. That yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that yep. is very crazy. Yep. Nin- and then ninety percent, ninety percent of all mission activity that comes from the West is in places that are already considered reached. So obviously the other way of saying that is ten, only 10% of mission focus that comes from West is focused on unreached places. So I think one of the things that makes Uncharted unique is that focus on people who are forgotten, who are overlooked, and, um, and partnering with churches like One Life to, um, to address both of those problems, the injustice of lack of access and the imbalance. So Go Boldly was really birthed out of this idea of we need to be a movement of people who uh, who are living a bold faith, who are living a courageous faith in order to address those things. 
you know, when we first brought in Ben, what was really cool is he took us through a process. He brought in someone else who took us through a process, rather, that uh, dug into the history and the and the vibe of Uncharted. Mm-hmm. And the, the Go Boldly thing was what he responded to looking at its history. It wasn't like we're trying to do this now and this is our new thing. It was mm-hmm. more like this is what's authentic to what it's been since it started, and now you just build on that. Yep. So it was really, really yep. rewarding and kind of going into those uh, unknown places. So it was it was a fascinating process, and he's done a great job of, of just lifting that up into this is what we've always been let's just be more of that Hmm. yeah and even on on top of all of those things that you do you also find some time to come teach here uh, at our campuses sometimes which is awesome and um I know our team specifically, we love it when you come in and, mm. and we talked about this on Thursday, yes. but it's like immediately when Ben comes in, he, he already feels like just part of the team and we all just kind of mm. start with this, you know, normal conversation and getting things going. So, um, and so this past Sunday you did teach mm-hmm. here, um, at One Life and people can go listen to that, watch it at onelifechurch.org or on the One Life app. And then I was just going to ask you to kind of maybe give a little bit of an overview of a few of the things that you talked about and maybe we can have some conversation around that as well. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, this church, there's multiple partner churches of Uncharted, but One Life definitely has a very unique connection to me and to my family. This is this is our church home. This is our church family, and we're really happy about that, and we are blessed, um, blessed by that reality. So... So to, to preach here, there's layers of, of goodness for that, uh, for me, for that, in that, you know, it's, it's a great partnership connection, absolutely, but it's also one way that I hope, you know, as a, as a member or participant of this family, I can serve and give back in that sense. So always, always a joy to do that. And yesterday, um, we, were, we were continuing the series of The Table and just how The Table um, as we've been talking about, is this representation of the family of God. And so trying to really point to this reality that uh, certainly around the table there is, you know, as the family of God, there's a place for care, there's a place for belonging, there's a place for spiritual transformation and growth and uh, things along those nature that are all right and healthy and necessary to be a functional family. And yet at the same time, it doesn't end there, that at the heart of discipleship is mission. And looking at uh, Luke chapter 5, where we see Jesus's call of his first disciples, uh, primarily or namely Simon, at the beginning of that chapter. And, you know, the first sentence of Jesus's call to Simon not only included just following him, but also engaging in the, the mission of his father. And so we looked at Luke chapter five, just kind of unpacking how Jesus illustrates what that mission looks like um, on a, on a practical level, what it includes, some of the boundaries that Jesus broke through in order to uh, to go after people who are far from God, and and then ultimately how that ends at a table scene, and really just this r- profoundly beautiful, rich. And, and pretty scandalous scene uh, around a table where Jesus is hanging out with people that, um, by and large, the religious culture of that day uh, thought he should not be, and what that teaches us about certainly the heart of God, but more specifically, God's heart for people who are far from him. So, so that was sort of the overall yeah. view of what we chatted about yesterday at, at the service. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at Brett to see if he was going to say anything, but he didn't. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> we really planned a lot. Nothing here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't prepare the message. No, it's going to be worship, too. It I was should have said, said amen. Like amen. Uncharted yeah. duo yeah. Leading, yeah. leading yesterday. We, <laughs> yeah. 
We do that often, and then we never take advantage of the fact that you're preaching and I'm worship. <laughs> you guys never really talk about that. Or it's always like the last minute stuff. We yeah. talk about it in like, hey, what are you what are you talking about? It'd be great to <laughs> okay, be great yeah. to get the songs. <laughs> yeah. We never leverage some sort of global you guys don't mission. Sit down field. and like plans out. We some probably we big did, emotionally tugging thing at the end. Yeah, we, oh we, no, we yeah. haven't done that. <laughs> and emotionally, might, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll we'll think about that one. That's right. Okay, that's, uh, that's <laughs> next good. time. Next time. Yeah. No, it was it was it was especially good in the sense that it just it kind of did give some new outlook on stories that many of and you even mentioned this that if you've been in a church context you've heard the Fishers of Men thing. There's mm-hmm. even a little song with the singing mm-hmm. uh, yeah. kids and all that. But uh, I I particularly remember and love the this you said there was a nuance in the word of you will, you will catch men is more uh, it had to do with freedom or yeah, restoring it, of life i think it was the, the exactly language. those two phrases yep yeah. i did remember that yeah good, good okay. job yeah, that's really paying attention that's right. i honestly didn't even yeah. remember that so well done uh, that, that right? was really yeah, good thank yeah you very much. yeah i appreciate yeah. that good. yeah no that and and um to to reiterate what you just said that that for me was was a really cool uh thing that i learned um in in preparing for the for the message is growing up with that mentality of either a cutesy little, you know, I'll make you fishers of men or, or what I talked about yesterday, especially from the outside looking in. I think a lot of times when people hear Christianity, evangelicalism, you know, God's mission, there, there's, there can be a perception of conquest and, you know, uh, bait and hook and, and manipulate people into in that sort of mentality. And um, one of the things that I learned in, in getting ready for yesterday is, just the the background of that word that Jesus used, specifically the word catch, goes all the way back to the story of Rahab in Joshua chapter two, and and so looking at that story, the word the, the language around Rahab and her family of of restoration and liberation, restoration and 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 saving them out of you know sort of this destruction that's coming and freeing them and liberating them and. Just what a, a a much more beautiful description that gave me in understanding God's heart, um, and specifically in that passage, understanding Jesus's heart. Like I'm calling you, Simon, now to be part of this movement that is um, seeking to to bring restoration to the things that are broken. So, if I was Peter or Andrew or one of those guys, and I heard that language, I would have thought it would have evoked yeah, that imagery. It would have connected you back uh, all I, the way I never back heard to that, that story. What, what book was that from? I don't know. Some commentary that okay. I was reading. <laughs> Obviously, commentary. I, I think it was a Daryl Bach. Daryl Bach uh, commentary. Oh, okay. On, good. On Luke. Yeah. The, yeah. Get better commentaries or something. Because I, I, <laughs> I've heard this story a few times and have not heard that. <laughs> yeah. One. So yeah, I, that I was, have a feeling I'm not alone though. It's that was the first time. The first time I really stumbled into that. You think he's pretty solid? I think he's a good guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We can go. And if we find out before I edit this, we can always edit that out. That's right. And then at the end, you you read. From a piece of paper. Now, I've had two people ask me, "Did you write that?" I did. All that mm-hmm. is you. Yeah. Um, is that something we could share, like out for sure online? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. I knew you, yep. so you sent it to me, yep. and I sent it to to um, our connections director from Henderson. He was really excited cool. about it. He also said he took two full pages of notes. So wow. who saw who who took two full pages? Josh. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Two full pages? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, he's our connection director. Why do you director. want to know, Brett? Uh, because <laughs> I'm going to ask Josh directly. <laughs> yeah. How many pages uh, how do many, you... What's your average page <laughs> number? Is that like a like, pastor competition? Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, like yeah, how, yeah, what's like, the average He's like, dude, that... I'd take a post-it note on you. Write down. Okay. Kind of know I stack up. Not that we're competing. No, 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 no. Yeah, right, yeah. 
but it was, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> interesting. He was, yeah. So he was asking about that. And, and so kind of, the, where did that come from? Like, where did that, I mean, cause that was, that was a lot of content. It was amazing. And I think it mm. set up kind of the rooms in a really great way to kind of respond to that. Mm. Um, as we, you asked two questions, but where mm-hmm. did, so before we kind of go through those questions, but, um, where did that kind of come from for you? Really just, I was trying to think of a way to describe what the table, what the table looks like today. Um, and, referencing in my own mind's eye different scenes from literal tables that I've been around. And so, for example, there's one paragraph in there that talks about, you know, this is not the, I I don't remember how I say it, but basically this is not the table of fine china and hushed tones and sitting up proper and, and just, you know, thinking about, um, table scenarios I've been around where, where there's just such a, such a fear or at least tenuousness. I don't know if that's a word, but, uh, of, of how, how do I behave and how do I, how do I act and, and is it proper? And then also thinking, you know, it's, it's probably, uh, so I, like Brett, I think I can say this for you. I'm, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings geek and, and really just a huge, uh, C.S. Nice. Lewis yeah. Tolkien fan. Yeah. And I'm not the geek part. And so I am yeah. totally the geek part. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, I think one of the reasons I am, there's a lot of reasons, sure. but there, one of the reasons that I just love the richness of, and the camaraderie that those stories share. And so when I was writing about what is the table like, you know, it's this place where you can blurt out things that you've wanted to say, where, ta- you know, elbows on the table are welcome and um, mistakes are received with grace. Um, just sort of that imagery of, of this group of messy people sitting around. Um, and, and yet this is the sort of environment and atmosphere and family that God, you know, God envisioned. And that is really reflective in that Luke chapter five passage of Jesus sitting around the table. It was a messy table. And yet you can just, I at least just envision how much laughter and joy must have been in Jesus's eyes and even coming out of him Mm -hmm. as he was sitting around that table. Um, So I think that was behind a lot of the description and then trying to take on some of the, some of the reality of, of Christians at large today uh, do right or wrong. You know, there is this perception of us being separatists and isolationists and elite and, um, and, and really just trying to dispel that and say, no, this is the table for anyone uh, and everyone. And that the, uh, the only requirement, I think I say at one point, is repentance. So trying to it, it, would, it would probably be a great question, even a topic for even another day. I don't know if we have time for this, but but how do you, as a believer, that you, you have this worldview and you're trying to be faithful, what would Jesus have... How would he, how would he have handled all that stuff? Yeah. Would, everybody's all these, these crazy ideas floating yeah. around, and how did he respond to that, being faithful to his mission, but right. at the same time being right. faithful to love everybody and right. it, it would be it'd be neat to have more data on that yeah, like well, you agree. see a little bit of it you know in his responses he obviously yep. told stories and yep. uh but uh, it would be it would be a great discussion to think how does that work without yep. just kind of falling into the stream yep. of what everybody else is saying yep. i know he didn't do that I mean, he that's stayed right. with what he was that's right but at the same time uh, by the time he was done at zacchaeus table the guy's like hey i'll sell everything i have and i think yep. man how do you learn to converse like yep. that that was pretty good stuff you know mm-hmm. Well, and, and to muddy the waters more, because this certainly is not an answer, but it's something that has impacted me, again, as I was preparing for this, realizing, um, so I think one of the things I said um, at one of the services is that what we learned from Jesus is that mission does not necessarily have to compromise holiness, 
but that holiness can kill mission. And for me, that's like a very nerve wracking thing to say, because that can be really twisted. Uh, that statement can, can become twisted. But w- to your point, what I see about Jesus sitting around that table with Levi and with the other tax collectors and sinners, um, as the Pharisees described them, is I don't know how, and this is that's your question. Right. Um, I don't know how, but somehow Jesus was able to maintain his holiness. He was able to maintain his his character and his in his case his perfect righteousness. He was able to maintain his commitment to his to his father, and yet still live out his mission in a very real way. Whereas what the Pharisees illustrate is this twisted commitment to holiness, to piety, to self piety, which caused them to become separatists and elitists and, and, and then killed um, their engagement in the Father's mission. Mm-hmm. So I'm not answering the question you're asking. I'm, not I'm, I'm putting an, exclash, I'm putting I mean, an really, exclamation it's, it's, point it's, it's, on it. I'm saying, <laughs> oh, I, you, an I exclamation don't know. point? Great. Okay, good. <laughs> but to me, so that's, set up the right thing. That's, yeah, that's like the, the whole question. Is like how, do, how do you oh, really, stay yeah. committed to holiness, yeah. uh, realizing that engaging in the mission doesn't have to compromise holiness? But being aware that holiness or a twisted version of it, what we would call separatism yeah. or self-piety or self-righteousness, right. can, can kill mission. Mm. So where do you, how do you live in between those two? Yeah, I think Noah has the answer. I think I so. Think that's, the, uh, that's why he's on the comes. podcast today. There it is. <laughs> that's why we've had him here today. To solve the problem. And it is the and answer. keep is. waiting. <laughs> and keep waiting. No, I don't have anything for you. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Nothing. Okay. That, that's this is what I'm saying. That pastoring part. Oh, okay. <laughs> number four. Okay. Number four. Once you yeah. have that answer, you get to do it. But I do yeah. think that's yeah. also an interesting thing. And you guys made it kind of a... Uh, uh, comment about it and you, you guys made it a little bit of a joke, but I mean, as a, a worship leader, I mean, you guys kind of have an idea a little bit about what the message is going to be about. Yeah. Like, what is that? Like, as you're putting together, I mean, leading people in a time of worship to set them up to kind of re- hear and respond to a message like that, what goes into that for you and your team? I think it's different for every worship leader. And, um, you know, we joke, Ben and I do, when he's right. preaching, we do actually talk about it. <laughs> talk Sometimes good. Ben's a little bit difficult to get to at times. <laughs> and we have a lot of other things to talk about, like my job <laughs> and things that we need to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, but yeah, going into a worship set, I'm usually thinking and praying about, um, you know, what the what the topic of the day is. This um, The sermon series, thinking through different things. Maybe there are songs that can go into um, the few sets that we have during the sermon series um, and continuing them out if we need to introduce some stuff, um, repeating things, my own team skill. But when it comes to the topic, you know, I'll usually put together a few extra songs that I need and then I can pull back from there. But I'm trying to, I think, get to at least some point of where I can point to the topic, but it doesn't have to be a completely straight line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ben gave me a really good... Um, I don't know if I've, if I've told you this, Ben gave me a really good, um, like example of this one time or, or an encouragement. And I was having trouble just trying to figure out, Ooh, don't do that. <laughs> the microphone. Um, I was having trouble figuring out where to go for a worship set that he was preaching on. And he said, just make it a great worshipful experience. And that will lead to this, mm-hmm. the, that'll, that will set up appropriately mm-hmm. for this. And so it kind of helped relieve some of the pressure of, oh, this worship set has to go directly with the message. And mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes it doesn't always work that way. And mm-hmm. yeah, But sometimes a, you can pull things in. If we're mm-hmm. talking global, 
songs like Let It Echo mm-hmm. work really, really well. Right. And so we pulled that in yesterday. And and um, the song that we've done a few times now, we did it again yesterday. It was called Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just very, um, the world is yours. Um, uh, there are some of the lyrics that the song is just this full, um, beautiful song. Um, but that kind of point to this global mission. And if we can pull it in, that's great. If we can't, and we'll just try and make it a really good worshipful experience to flow through. So. Yeah, there's a, I've watched a pendulum swing over the years. Like oh, we've gone back and forth, and you mm-hmm. got to be really, you got you really got to be strong on theming and have yeah. this very evident thread thing. And mm-hmm. we've tried that, and that there comes this moment where you're like, ah, I don't. It's really hard to do because you feel like you're forcing well, it sometimes, especially with some worship songs. Yeah. But then sometimes you swing the other way, and it's like that had nothing to do with anything we even talked yeah, about. Yeah, and so. topics and styles of worship music change. Right. And right. so if you start swinging one direction hard into we're going to theme everything, but everything that we want to theme was a topic of worship seven years ago. You can resurrect these songs that we've done seven years ago, but it kind of changes the feel and the tone of where you're wanting to go as a worship team, where worship music is already going. Um, But ultimately, you know, worship is going to point to the gospel, is going to point to Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. is going to point to the message in some Mm -hmm. way. Um, so the pressure of having to theme everything, right. yeah, is, no, that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's why that. it's yeah. why Christmas is a really, <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> difficult. Yeah, we won't uh, be able one. to talk about that because it would disillusion too many people. The, the, the problem <laughs> from that a, worship from, leaders have with Christmas from a, right. from a worship right. perspective, from yeah. a worship you gotta, you gotta song keep that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, but I can say this since there is a worship leader at the table, I have to say that having done both, <laughs> believe it or not, I was a worship leader at one time, I was actually mm-hmm. the worship pastor at a church. What? I, I, that, that's I right. Need well, that's it. That's right. I need footage. <laughs> oh yeah, the mullet, the whole thing. Uh, but resume. no, it, it's. Uh, I. Screenshot or didn't happen? Bring you okay. up to speak, please. No, I, 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 having done both worship leading and preaching, I really. I, at the time when I was doing both, I thought of worship leading as more difficult. Hmm. It was it was the greater challenge, and the main reason is because there's so much going on. You hmm. you you're packing around not just your own stuff, but your the band and mm. the you know the click in your ear and mm. the audience <laughs> and you're doing yeah. it's like a three three act circus kind of thing yeah. is going on yeah. and uh, and it really is so uh, I, I don't think people realize that yeah. so it's a, my way of appreciating oh, you know and all you. that you yeah. represent there's a, <laughs> yeah. there is a lot that goes into it and I think I've said this a lot <laughs> I don't know what this says about me but I've said this a lot over the last year or two years when I got into leading worship and leading a team, I had no idea mm. how much it was. You're carrying, yeah. you're carrying, like you said, you're carrying your team and you're thinking about them, not mm. only their gifts and abilities, but the things that are going on in their lives. And, you know, this whole series was about the table. And so when we get together as a team, I think mm. of that as my family, I think about it like oh. from the table's perspective. So I, I hopefully know what's going on in, in my team members' lives, but I'm also trying to, you know, pray and hear from the Holy Spirit about where, you know, the people in the seats are and mm-hmm. where, what songs might kind of lead people in, in the direction to be more receptive to what's going to be said later. Um, yeah, it's really challenging. 
I think that preaching would be way more challenging. Well, but, trade again. No, <laughs> let's just do it again. Well, but preaching, the, the advantage you have is you can kind of you sink or swim kind of on your own a little bit. Right. You have five <laughs> like other it people did happen that at have the nine o'clock. It was fully time. acknowledged by the worship team that there was a yeah. big time stumble that happened that almost became a train wreck. But that's just it. I mean, you can be cruising fault. along. And something wrong happens where things are yeah. off key or whatever else, and it's mm-hmm. all tanking, and it, you're not just there by yourself. You're there with a whole mm-hmm. group of people that are all panicking. Yeah. But on the so, flip so side, yeah. also at the 9 o'clock, I went a solid, like, seven <laughs> minutes long. No, oh, yeah, no, yeah. And that was... Nine minutes long. Yeah, let's be clear. Nine minutes long. I was there was no, later at the other campus. no, like, four or five yeah. other people standing. So <laughs> That's yeah. why we're also having this podcast. This is Ben's farewell tour, because he'll never be allowed back again. Thank you. Nine minutes was too the band was standing backstage. Sending me back to Colorado. Yeah. The band is <laughs> standing backstage, and we're like going, okay, we're going to do three repeats of the the bridge and three repeats of the chorus and then we're like okay no we're gonna go three and two and it's like two and two and then i'm texting our director and i'm like are we gonna do it at all do we just need to cut it and i was supposed to follow you i was wondering too are we doing the song what's it gonna happen i I don't know i looked at the clock has this big red numbers yeah there's a monitor that has red numbers yeah that should have been your i saw them but let me let me just give a little behind the curtain on thursday when we did the we do a kind of like a pre-recording yeah um, just in case our internet would drop, and we've talked about that on the podcast before, it's not a big secret, but um, the timer didn't work, and so Ben went about 34 minutes, and your target was 28? Like like 20 yeah. to 30? Yeah. yeah, and he said, he goes, oh, I'll get it down to like 29, 30, no problem. <laughs> I'll whittle <laughs> that thing. 37. That's good. Let it be known, awesome. though, I did cut a whole two minutes by the time I gave it the last <laughs> yeah. time. So well, See, that's I why mean, Josh had two pages of notes. Yeah. There was so much. It was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. On and on. The second right. page. page. That's you know, right. The second right. page was the extra I could get minutes. two pages if I went, you know, 50 <laughs> minutes or whatever you did. <laughs> well, as we have kind of talked about worship, it's a, it's a good opportunity to talk about an event that Uncharted has is presenting uh, coming up. Um, actually, it's going to be at one of our One Life campuses at our East Campus. Um, but Noah or Ben, either one of you, kind of talk about Collective Night and the idea behind it, What um, kind of why you guys thought it was important and what the purpose behind it is. Yeah. So, yeah, like Sarah said, the event is called the Collective Night. Um, it's on November 9th. Um, doors and food trucks. So, Getting oh, people in the do in oh, the door with okay. food is is probably the most important thing. Excellent. It starts at five. The event starts at six thirty, um, and the idea behind it is um, just a night of shared worship and prayer um, amongst churches of, of Evansville uh, across the whole city of Evansville, um, kind of bridging the gap, bringing people together. Excuse me, <clears throat> bridging the gap, bringing people together um, that wouldn't normally worship together just because you go to a different church. Um, and we felt it was really important because we have um, four strategic priorities also can be called values, and one of them is following the lead of the Holy Spirit. So this year, um, Ben set forth that one of the things we wanted to do is host four um, prayer and worship gatherings throughout the year, once each quarter. Um, and the idea just being like, there really is no way to quantify or to track are you following the whole lead of the Holy Spirit? What number can you put down? Well, you can't really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you can do is you can set aside a time mm-hmm. to actually do that with a group of people. And so we've had a couple of smaller worship events and prayer events, and this is the larger version of that. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the idea behind the event. We've got 
um, people from One Life and City Church and Crossroads in, in Evansville and some people from our partner church out in Montana coming in to um, to lead worship and to join this night with us. And mm-hmm. so The Montana group is actually doing yeah. the leading, right? They're the ones leading worship? Is um, that true? Is that not, the they will be leading. Okay. Um, okay. They have a section of, I think, three songs. They're going to be leading oh, okay. um, just them. Um, and then we've got... Uh, a few worship leaders from churches across the city that will be. Oh, you do. Okay, so it's almost like there's two different, two different yeah. worship teams, if you will. Really? Yeah. Between that and food trucks, I'm. Kinda, I mean, I'm being now. I mean, and then <laughs> I didn't know before. This. Yeah. And then <laughs> now that actually sounds cool. Yeah. And then yeah, that's right. One Life Zone. Thomas Bernardin is producing a film for the that's event. Right. Yep. Um, All right. And it, I think he's got some really cool ideas from what I've seen, and, yeah. and the script is Emily Luttrell, our communications assistant wrote the script it's, it's really, really good. great really good. so yeah this you know for for people around one life imagine this to be kind of a because type event um just add a few more churches in with that and mm-hmm. we're really excited we had to move it back a little bit it was originally in mm-hmm. september and then we got really close to september and we're more feeling it a little more, bit more <laughs> yeah yeah so we so decided to work we thought move yeah. it back to november and great. and oh. yeah we're excited i think i think it's a really important um, sort symbolic event for Uncharted. I think it's a really important event for a lot of reasons. But historically, Uncharted, all of our all of our big events were kind of centered around fundraising and some sort of uh, really significant and important humanitarian effort or injustice that we were trying to respond to. And and those were really uh, great to have as part of the the uncharted sort of history and, and, and life. But this year really represents so much change for uncharted and um, a lot of just really becoming more clear about this is who we are, this is where we're going, this is what it means to be part of this movement of uncharted. And so in light of that, we want to sort of indefinitely suspend um, suspend when we gather together, it being about fundraising or issues or topics. Uh, Not that any of those are bad, but really elevate that in order for us to actually um, do what we're hoping to do and go into the types of places, both from a vision standpoint, but also at a literal standpoint, just the complete and utter dependence we have on Mm -hmm. the Spirit. And, and so for us, that's why it was important to say, at least for 2018, anytime we gather together, whether it's five people or 500 people, our sole focus is going to be on the person of Jesus Christ and, and creating time as an organization, saying as an organization, we are going to intentionally pause and position ourselves and posture ourselves to just listen and to just worship. And so most of those have been very intimate and very internal and very uh, small, and this is sort of the culmination of that, and basically just reaching out and saying, hey, anybody that's connected to Uncharted at a really intimate, formal level, like a One Life Church, all the way down to a more you know, loose, hey, you're a friend of mine who loves Jesus, come on out to this night type of thing. Um, this is, for us, a very symbolic. Uh, so even though it's hosted by Uncharted mm-hmm. and represents something super important to us, it really is, like Noah said, just an opportunity for people who love Jesus mm-hmm. in this community who are connected to Uncharted in some way, shape, or form to come come together and worship Him. So it's for me, I'm really excited about it for what it symbolizes for us as an organization and a movement. So, yeah. And there's food trucks, and there's food <laughs> which, trucks. which you can't. Right. And we really appreciate, you know, One Life has been super supportive of this from yeah. the beginning since we started talking about it. 
Um, and then when we had to move the date and move the location, One Life East was the location that we, we came to and super gracious in even offering that up and, and offering... Where was it originally? We had some... We were going to do it in a warehouse yeah. in downtown Evansville, which would have been really cool, but... It would have been really cool. It wasn't, it it was wasn't climate controlled. Cool. <laughs> so in the end of September, you know, the chances were right, that it would have yeah. worked well, but November, we're not yeah. really sure, okay. so... It would have been a little... I did not know that. Especially, little, I'm really thing. thankful now because October has been really cold. Right, exactly. So it's November, probably going to be snowing in November and then... Right. Um, but even, even throwing in to help us out with the film and... Yep. and this, it's just been wonderful. It's been great to, to, for the organizations to connect on this on this level and in this way. That's it's been cool. cool. And, yeah. it, and you know, it, we are one church in three locations, and so we talk about Evansville. We have two locations in Evansville, and we have a location in Henderson. So obviously, anyone mm-hmm. around the Tri State yeah. is invited to come that's to this. Right. It's not just an Evansville yeah, event. Um, and so I think that's always fun to make sure. Like we, we get, you know, it's pretty cool to get a lot of people in one location. Mm-hmm. I'm, I right. really am excited about that to um, even meet people um, that are part of, you know the larger church body mm-hmm. of our tri-state area um, and just be able to say hello, you know, mm-hmm. and, and stand in the same room and um, respond with them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about Absolutely. it. It's yeah. all right. And if Sarah's excited, well, <laughs> it's going to be good. That's right. Yeah. It's going to be a win. Yeah. Um, wow. Guys, this always fly by. I feel like we, <laughs> we just get started and then things. That's um, how Ben felt in his message yesterday. That's right. Nine minutes over. I had just finished my <laughs> intro when I realized I had two minutes it's left. It's just flying so. by and the worship team is backstage <laughs> yeah. going, I don't know. Editing. <laughs> editing a song. It's uh, great. Yeah. The other campuses were pretty excited too. I yeah, was at sure. I was at West and I walked up on stage. <laughs> pretty excited. And I had That's code for no time. It was amazing. <laughs> but no, we Sorry, still had, Sarah. Bye. But Sorry. I will say no, and and I think it's important the two questions that you asked at the end was right. who can you invite to the table? Mm-hmm. Um and it was at how are you? Yeah, do what that? does that look what like? What does that look like? Yeah. And and we we had a and I think it's important to give everyone feedback. Um, was that we had a lot of those cards turned mm. in at every cool. campus. Yeah, um, I, I it noticed was just that. Really great. It's really cool. You never know how response mm. times are going to go. I know sometimes you try stuff and it doesn't work, and sometimes it goes great. And even having people literally right. move to go do that at at, yeah. at East. Um, I'm standing on stage leading worship and I'm watching people actually leave cool. their seats, yeah. go lay down yeah. the cards. And really it cool. was a very cool, cool thing to watch, cool thing to see, even mm-hmm. while worship and music is going on. And That's it, awesome. And it's not one of those things that we just say. It really, like Matt uh, Brybogle, one of our campus pastors and creative arts director, um, he texted our group this morning and said he went over to West, picked up the cards, and started praying for them. So wow. we That's really cool. mean that. We say we're going to pray That's over every single yeah. one of those cards mm-hmm. and um, continue that. So um, we do kind of close our podcast usually with a question for Brett, but I think we can open this up to everybody today. Oh boy. Be kind oh, of really? fun. Yeah. I don't know the question. Yeah. Um, no time to prepare. And, yeah, that's right. Um, we do have one that I'm going to keep on hold from Gary <laughs> for another time. Um, <laughs> but what, we, who, who was that again? Gary. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Gary Snodgrass is uh, his name. Mr. So. Mr. Snodgrass. Yeah. Seems yeah. Like I've heard a, of him. It's a, seems like a suspicious name for some mm. reason. Well, We'll find out someday. Okay. I think it's just going to be that thing I always say. We'll have a question from Gary. <laughs> right. We'll have it later. Um, okay, so let's see. These are This is a question from our friend Kyle. Kyle okay. sent us a few. So anybody that wants to send a question to the podcast, you can do that at podcast at onelifechurch.org. And so the question is, what is your most like dreaded holiday or time of year? Mm. <laughs> oh. It's kind of negative. Most dreaded? Yeah. One you don't dreaded maybe we shouldn't say dreaded, but like one that you don't enjoy, you know. <laughs> Least favorite holiday. Yeah. Least favorite. Least, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it depends on like get, get me a lot of 
Again, I, I, well, my least favorite holiday is Halloween. I've n- never really been a huge fan. I'm, I dressed up as a kid, but I, I've never really been a fan of, you know, spooky and yeah. haunted houses and all that. Right. As a worship leader, <laughs> Christmas yeah. is tough. <laughs> I, I love Christmas personally, but man, uh, yeah. it's just, it's a challenge. I, I, I it's a rewarding challenge. A rewarding challenge. Way to go! He gets that's to keep a, his job, even though he volunteered. <laughs> my my completely paid job. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. I I, I think if I, that was my gut reaction. This sounds horrible to say, but in one, it's it's a both end with with the Christmas season because I love the concept and I love memories that I've had from Christmas. But the lead up to it all, and the obligations to it all, and the pressure of it all, and the, there's a lot that goes on in the church world, and there's a lot that goes on in the personal life. There's a lot of money spent. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, there's, uh, and mm-hmm. we have big family things come over to our house, and there's, it's, and I love it. Like once I'm in it, mm-hmm. but the getting in there mm-hmm. is, I do, I, I do kind of dread it. It's like here it comes, yeah. and sometimes you wish you could just kind of bail out. Uh, yeah. Which is a terrible thing to say. Uh, no, if, you, I, I if mean, you're not a Christmas I, fan, that sounds. I, I remember in pastoral <laughs> yeah. ministry, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. yeah, and 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 when I started off in ministry, I was the youth pastor, and inevitably, you always get the short straw at Christmas time. So the youth pastor is always the guy <laughs> who's like doing the sermon. The, the, the Sunday service right. where like two people show up. Oh, you yeah, know, the one on, between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one, yeah, the least like, attended you know, Sunday the, of the year. The senior yeah. pastor comes up and is like, hey, <laughs> this is a great opportunity for growth for <laughs> yeah. your son, which really means I'm, I'm leaving, yeah, yeah. I'm going on vacation, yeah. and you get... So anyways, so my, 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 my answer would be, um, this makes me sound like a terrible husband, but I can say it because I know my wife would say the same thing, but <laughs> Valentine's Day is my least favorite holiday, and mostly because my wife and I have tried to celebrate it well by doing the whole go out on a date thing and inevitably we end up, you know, in a fight because we can't figure out where to go because everything's packed <laughs> and no nobody's actually, you know, in a good mood at all. And so yeah. we just end up crabby together. So we've just started skipping Valentine's all together. You skip it all together? Yeah. Just, you, you put, we don't, pull we that don't go out. We don't oh. float that with my wife. Right, here's my plan <laughs> yeah. for the year. Yeah. Just I, you I, start I with, skip it too every yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Why do you, I yeah, 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 I why you say that, Sarah? Yeah, I understand that. Every year to skip that thing right over. You're like, what day is it? It doesn't matter. It's funny at my other church, when I, uh, I I didn't know that about the Christmas New Year Sunday, right. and they asked me to preach. Right? Yeah, it's and not I had an honor. Never been asked to <laughs> preach not before, an honor. and I was blown away. No. I was so I gave heart yeah. and soul to that. Yeah. I was so honored. Yeah. And there were I had my my whole family, <laughs> extended family, took up a row, and there were like eight it's other people in a fifteen hundred seat auditorium. But, but I, I skitter, yeah, but, but I did. But now, are you thinking Later, about who you're going to ask? Uh, are you oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you to to deceive them into thinking uh-huh. it's an honor. That's right. Yeah. His yeah. name is Ben. And I realized, <laughs> yes. No, I know. I've, I've, yeah, he's I've already figured been there. it out. Yeah, really, it was. It was <laughs> and then later I started working. I thought, wait a minute. They dumped that on me. They were not around. Yeah. So it does happen. It goes on in the church world. Mm. But. Awesome. There you go. Good well, fun. guys, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us today. And yeah. uh, it's always, more, like, I really always enjoy hearing more about Uncharted because I know that we're a partner, but it's always good to hear more yeah. of that and, and kind of hear what you guys are doing and um, directly from you and being able to con- continue connecting about that. And people can go to collectivenight.com. Um, for, yeah. for information of Collective Night and unchartedinternational.org for more mm-hmm. information about Uncharted. And um, yeah, so thank you guys for joining us this week. Thanks and for having us. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Great. Super and thankful for One Life and you guys and your partnership and friendship. Definitely. Yep. Yes. Aww.
Thank yep. you. Friendship. Did you guys hear that? We got That's it. Right. <laughs> um, and this Sunday at One Life, we are celebrating baptisms, which is going to be are. pretty exciting. Very so um, guys can't wait to join celebrating um, the, and hearing stories of life change with you this Sunday. So we'll see you uh, next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Inman. The One Life Church Podcast is produced by me and Thomas Bernardin. Music by Ben Brock and Micah Robertson. To find out more about One Life Church, you can visit onelifechurch.org. Or to contact us directly at the podcast, just email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org.